Hey everyone, it's Brianna coming to you from the Lost Gettles Library, and you're listening to The Page Turner. Hey everyone, and welcome back to The Page Turner. As always, I'm Brianna, and I'm really excited to bring you our November episode. But first, before we begin, I wanted to let you know that we will be taking a break in December. So during December, if you celebrate those holidays, Enjoy yourself, relax, and prepare to listen to us again in January. So today's episode, we have special guest Viviana Coyce, who is our fall intern. Hi, Viviana. Hi, Rihanna. <laughs> uh, Viviana, uh, it's been so great because a lot of interns, it's a little behind the scenes look, okay. a lot of the interns have a huge interest, particularly in uh, children's librarianship, which is okay. fantastic and phenomenal. But for me, being the adult librarian, well, one of them now that we have um, a new adult librarian with us here at the Los Gatos Library, I don't get to work then with the interns as much. But it's been really fantastic um, that we have an intern who has an interest. Well, you don't know what you want to do yet, right? Yeah, I'm still just checking everything out because everything's so interesting. I think that's one of the reasons why I chose to go for the master's mm-hmm. is that um, master's in library information science it gives you a lot of flexibility um even you know just outside the public library yeah it's amazing like you there's not only so many different kinds of libraries yeah. but there's also different like fields you could work in it doesn't have to be like leadership. but yeah so it's been fun because we've gotten to work together a bit and that's always exciting <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself you're almost done with school yes I'm should be graduating in December <gasps> So, yeah, I turned in my uh, e-portfolio. It's awaiting revision. So it passes. And uh, yeah, I mean, I should. I love that. And all that. But um, you're like, yeah, I can't believe it. Yeah, I mean, it's been like two, I guess, two full, almost three years. One, no, three years. The degree itself is about two years. But what's really nice is you can take it kind of at your own pace and still do it in a very reasonable manner and time. So Viviana picked a book today, but before we get to it, again, that like teaser to it, which she picked a very interesting and unusual book, one I hadn't heard of, and that is huge. I know every single book. (laughs) You didn't know this one. Exactly, exactly. You caught me. Uh, I was wondering too, based off your experiences here, have you had any kind of a sense of where you would like to go? I mean, if you graduate in December, do you think you'll apply for jobs right away, um, have a little um, break. Yeah, so I think I would like to, I like to work in a public library. Um, but I'm also open to to other jobs because, you know, I've been in a situation where you can't necessarily pick your dream job right away. Yeah, totally. Um, and You'll find yourself on a on an interesting path. You can't yeah, want it. Exactly. You know, yeah. it never really, <laughs> plans never really go you know, exactly as you planned with them to go. True, um, true. But that's fun. I think you're going to have a great time where you end up. I hope um, so. <laughs> yeah, I think so. There's, you seem really interested and curious in a lot of things, and that's, mm. that's what you need, I think. Because yeah. <laughs> um, we, we, we wear a lot of hats, at, at, at least here, mm-hmm. and it's that's always a fun experience. Um, are you going to celebrate graduating? Or? Uh, yes, yes. I'm actually planning on being in the ceremony, so I need to 
get a cap and gown and like a hood, I think, for that. (laughs) Yeah. All the essentials. Yeah. But I'm planning on doing it. I think it'll be nice. It'll be like a culminating experience, like moments, because the program's all online. Yes. Yeah. So to actually do something in person and just kind of put it into at least that chapter. Yeah. Although we always learn throughout our lives. But I love it. It's beautiful. (laughs) <laughs> it's cliche but anyway no, but you, you look right <laughs> but like, yeah. you know at least like the masters like the degree will be done yeah yeah you've yeah. done this leg of it yeah um that's awesome uh what since we're talking about books and we talk mm-hmm. about books here um what do you like to read what's your reading life kind of like I like to read I think now I'm turning into more of a nonfiction reader oh yeah which I never was before but uh i read a lot of fiction um so and it's I studied literature as well so I studied Spanish language and Italian language and English language oh yeah by the way she's uh multilingual which <laughs> is so jealous every time she like pulls out knowledge about in another language I'm like <laughs> it's amazing you have to give yourself credit for that yeah like, it's it's amazing and I think people who can speak more than one language like fluently need to be bragging about it all the time all the time but then you forget things and so then you feel like oh my goodness I can't say this anymore but um yeah so I'd like to read a little bit of everything in fiction but um right now like the book that we've chosen is nonfiction, and there are a couple books I'd like to read in the future that are actually going to be nonfiction. oh cool um, is it one you're looking forward to specifically the bible oh interesting. I have yeah. not read the bible yeah and interesting. it's so important like even just reading Benjamin just to know about like the old the, the author we're talking about today, yes Walter Be- Benjamin which he's a it's in translation from German mm-hmm. so I thought it was going to be Walter ben- Benjamin mm-hmm. but you said when you learned about it in class you pronounced the first name we just said Walter if I remember yeah, correctly it's so interesting. but definitely not Benjamin we did not say Benjamin <laughs> it was Benjamin so that's oh, that's fascinating that's the, um but yeah I just it's like this lacuna that I have you know just scripture and the prophets like I don't know that much whereas Mm -hmm. I studied Greek myth and so yeah obviously that's like super important when you're studying literature and so that's something that like I'm looking forward to sitting down and going through and reading it Um, now I will say will you read it you know front to back or will you look up some reading guides because I do think in terms a lot of people study you know, yeah. like you said, Greek myths, um, biblical um, scripture and stuff like that. And I'm sure that they have their own kind of recommended reading guide. Yeah. So I've looked online for um, Bible as Lit classics because there was one where I did my undergrad. And so I've looked at syllabi and um, they do have some some guides. But I think I'll just sit down and do it front to back since I have the time. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't have any, I'm not going to have any classes. <laughs> yeah. So I'll yeah. have the time and I think, uh, yeah. Yeah. But it'll be, it'll definitely be intense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I studied philosophy. One of the things I studied in college was philosophy. Okay. And so have you ever thought about doing like reading Plato or reading Socrates? Like, yeah, I actually have a companion to philosophy that I bought when I was an undergrad. Yeah. And that's another thing I want to read. Oh my gosh. Okay. Like actually sit down and read it. And that's going to take a long time. Because I, you know, did a little bit of philosophy when I did literature. Like, oh, if, you know, this philosophy kind of helped illuminate this <laughs> text. Um, but I never took a class. And so that's another 
I mean, that's another lacuna that I have. Yeah. I love that. If you ever need recommendations, big out. My favorite philosophical text is The Republic by Plato. Okay. It's so good. And my favorite thing in philosophy is when they try to build perfect cities. So there's a lot of good stories like that. Utopias? Yes. Okay. So there's a, there's a, the, there was so many think pieces during that time. Think pieces. Well, I guess that's what you, that's not what they would call them, but you know. Um, fine. <laughs> We're talking in the present day. Yes, yeah, exactly. 2022. <laughs> um, where people would speculate about what a perfect city was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, oh, like, what are we missing here in our city? You know, what's, and I feel like that's a debate that's so, like, lifelong in terms of human history. Yeah, like, definitely. They're always trying to figure out something that's perfect or as close to perfect as can be. So reading different philosophers or different historians, whoever, is just fascinating. And his is really interesting. And then, of course, that's the book that has the cave. Oh, the famous the cave. famous cave. They always like, brought cave. up like, in this like theory on photography class. Yes. Yeah, they use it for lighting and stuff like that. And so it's like if, if you go into a, if a man is stuck in a cave and he only can see the reflection of an item and not the item itself, the item is is what it is to him, even though it's only an essence. And so everything has like okay. a form. Yeah, it's we're not going to get into it because okay. this isn't a philosophy podcast, sorry. <laughs> but that you'll get a lot of great roots in that book, okay. specifically for philosophy and for big ideas. So yeah. And <laughs> My reading list is growing. <laughs> yeah, it's never ending. It's yeah. honestly crazy. Do you have a lot of books at home? I do. I do. A lot that I accumulated through the years, even from class, like whenever I took a class, I kept all my um, books mm-hmm. that I read. So I've never resold them or anything, but um, I'm trying not to buy any new books unless it's someone I really like because I feel like I've got a lot already. Yeah. Although some people have said, you know, your library can always grow. You don't necessarily have to read it all. It yeah. could be more aspirational, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. But it's also a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's a lot yeah. of stuff that you have in your house. Yeah. If, you know? Especially if you're not, like, settled or if you don't know yet, like, where your future could take you. Yeah. Um, having a lot of those things might be a little difficult. But yeah. I think there's also nothing wrong with having a lot of books at home, as I say. Do you I, have a lot of books yes, at I home? Do. <laughs> yes, I do. A lot of unread books. Um, I also check out books from the library. I also listen to audiobooks on apps, so... I've never listened to an audio. Oh my gosh, you need. Uh, okay, so I feel like I would tune out. No, so it take, but like any kind of new medium, it just takes time. Okay. So like now I listen to books at like two and a half speed because one makes me feel oh like gosh, that's amazing in slow motion. But see, I saw where I used to work. There was a lot of um, administrative personnel that were starting to become doctors, and I, that was the first time I saw someone listen to a lecture at two times the speed. Oh, a lecture? That's a two, lecture at two times that's the speed. Two, if I need to take notes, I'm not listening. And so I was just like, oh, my gosh, that's a lot of information coming at you. And yeah, yeah, it's just like processing everything in fast forward. But I promise you it's really like two speed, especially is not that fast because one speed, they talk very slow, like very slow. And I think it's just just start at one. You can always it's not like it's stuck at two and a half if you accidentally put it two and a half. But nonfiction audiobooks for nonfiction are fantastic. Okay. You can be doing chores. You can be, I listen to them before I go to sleep. And it's, it relaxes your mind, but you're also really learning. And, it, and the time passes so quickly. Okay. Um, but yeah, I get into audiobooks. Okay. That's my, that's my recommendation. You can give me a recommendation. <laughs> I, yeah, that's my thing. I just, <laughs> I just tell people, okay, you have to read this. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so what did you pick? So Viviana picked this book. Yeah. Again, I said earlier, I had not heard of it. 
Um, I chose Berlin Childhood around 1900 by Walter Benjamin. And he is he's called many things like a, he's a philosopher, intellectual historian, or historiographer. Um, and I first read his essays in some of the classes I took um, in film historiography and in literature. And I was looking for one of his books and I found this and I just decided to read it. So it's kind of serendipitous. It wasn't on any reading list <laughs> and I loved it. This is the third time that I read it. Oh, wow. And I just think it's, it's very beautiful. Um, it's very touching. Mm-hmm. Um, and the title is, uh, yeah. And if you have the book in your hand, even the picture of him all oh. dressed up, it's, and it's, it's just very touching because he wrote this when he was in exile and he, um, so the title is Berlin, Berlin childhood around 1900. Yes. Yeah, so it's a picture of him in his youth and it's all red and green. And- yeah. It looks like a military uniform. I don't know exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but even given his his position as like a, a philosopher who mm-hmm. who left Nazi Germany, um, and even just seeing him the, in this like very sort of formal regal uniform and the work that he did after, but also just um, thinking about when he wrote it, he wrote this like I said in exile, mm-hmm. and how he must have felt just thinking about the place that he just never returned to. Yeah is it's pretty powerful you know yeah um, and the book that i have it's you know it's got a great uh introduction forward that also helps readers even if you don't you know know benjamin it really helps you enter in pick. his work mm-hmm. and understand Can picture of who he is and what he's yeah. coming from yeah because i think that it definitely helps as a as a memoir I mean, yeah it's basically a memoir yeah um, um I really, I, something, you know, a leading taste changes, we get older. And something that I, when I was reading about him, mm-hmm. is that you don't, like, the cities you grow up in, I don't think you really, like, I, I ended up returning to the same city where I, like, my early childhood was. And so seeing it out through the lens of an adult mm-hmm. is just, it's really fascinating. And I do think, you know, if I couldn't return, those memories and images and would not haunt me but I don't know part of your DNA I don't know if that makes any sense like yeah that makes that makes sense um I've I mean I'm where I grew up in San Jose and it's changed so much and it will continue to change (laughs) right I think that's one thing no place (laughs) is static yeah um but you think about like what what you lost and what that means also in terms of for future generations or what that says about where we're moving as well, which is kind of what Benjamin's project is about as well. He's speaking about the end of pretty much the end of the 19th century in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and for him, from what I read, remembering was so important, the act of remembrance in terms of political action or Mm -hmm. philosophy and so this is what he remembers and the detail that he remembers is amazing and um for us to even try and do that work right to just build upon what you said the effort that it would take (laughs) right yeah and I think what's 
interesting too. We talked about humanity when we briefly talked about philosophy, and he's you know seen as a philosopher of sorts. And it, especially when it comes to maybe traumatic histories in certain areas, it's it's up to the humans to remember. But then when you look around, places also hold those memories. So it's we we have to remember history, but then you know what does that mean in terms of oh this street changed, this building changed. Uh, does that mean a whole group, or a whole generation of people aren't going to have that, aren't going to remember that? So I need to write about it. I need the people yeah. to know what it was like um, to actually to actually not just know the story of the place, but to know the place itself. It, it's such a crucial component, and human beings are not always the best at remembering. And I don't know if it's because we're human and, you know, we, we, we can't remember, <laughs> you know, things as much. Like if one person doesn't remember something and then they don't pass it on, it's so easy to get lost. Yeah. I think also the way we're living, I think we live in like a very, obviously very fast paced world. Mm-hmm. Like we don't stop to remember. Like so much of this book is about pausing and to remember into that detail you need to pause you need to to you know to borrow from Benjamin's terms and other works you need to arrest that moment and you need to see that moment the moment in the past as it speaks to your present moment as well so there's you know he speaks about constellations basically forming a constellation between the present moment and the past moment mm-hmm. um so you have to always build those bridges but that takes time mm-hmm right? That takes focus. And if we're always running around or just sipping through things, it's mm-hmm. like when, how can you, how can you remember when you're always moving forward? Yeah. And right? ironically, a lot of advice to ourselves as human beings is to look towards the future. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, oh, don't worry about what happened in the past. Oh, don't worry if this didn't go how you thought. Just think about what's possible in the future. And when you were talking about jobs and how like oh you you, you you're not going to leap into a dream you most likely won't leap into a dream job right away mm-hmm. but those steps leading up to a dream, dream job are important they are what got you there but i think human beings sometimes we don't we don't like that our best advice is to think about don't think about that like don't it's okay don't let it stress you out don't let it you know but that's there's negatives to that yeah. And I just read, uh, so I read Benjamin, Benjamin's, um, <laughs> uh, it's basically paraphrases like his theses on, on, what is it? Theses on the philosophy of history. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and anyways, there's a section where he speaks about how the ruling classes have basically asked the oppressed to work. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking about the future. So there's this idea of like you think about the future in the hopes of you're creating this this future for your grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's this hope of a better life. A better life for, yeah, for future generations. But that's at the cost of remembering mm-hmm. your oppressed ancestors. And so it's just kind yes. of like. Yes. And I think that that is something that's really prevalent with today, actually, still, in that, um, you know, we're kind of people who were oppressed, you know, regardless of the group, regardless of the place, moment in time, you know, 
when things are quote unquote better, we're told, uh, we're told, enjoy that, enjoy that. And don't look too closely at what the cost was for that. Mm -hmm. And if it's brought up by people who were oppressed, like, no, we're not going to let that go. Sometimes there's a lot of pushback about, well, why not? Mm. Like, why are you still hoping about this? And it's because there was a cost. That's why. It's a point yeah. to not forget. There was a cost to this. And we're not going to let, we're not going to forget because it's very important to us. And we're not going to let you forget mm. because it should be important to you as well. Um, but then, you know, but then it's like, well, is it, you know, uh, it's important to remember, but I think it's very, it can be unintentionally hurtful for a lot of people to remember and they don't want to remember. <laughs> yeah. But then when you forget, you repeat. <laughs> yeah. And that's uh, one of the things that he talks about as well. Like in the essay, just, just the differences in times as he sees it. And anyway, just like, you know, do like mankind will be doomed to repeat itself if it yeah. doesn't remember the past or it doesn't yeah. remember, you know. And it's, it's funny, too, because we have the ability to go so far back. We have the technology to not forget. But we still just... <laughs> human beings, it's like the curse of being human. Yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, goodness. <laughs> no, but being human is also wonderful, right? It, in philosophy, like, the first definition of humans that they started, like, kind of working with was human beings are animals that are rational. Like, that's what makes us so special. There's a lot of hubris in being human in early philosophy. Okay. Um, and yet, our rationality is also not a curse, but it's it's has huge downsides. Mm. Um, it lets us do amazing things, but there's two sides to that. And so you can rationalize a lot of bad things <laughs> with this sure. gift, yeah. you know, but you can also make beautiful things and do wonderfully good things. Um, but but there's a bit of hubris in being human. For sure. So, the, you know, the tone of his life is very introspective and unfortunately very bleak. Um, does it make you want to read more, get, get more perspectives of this time? Or do you think, oh, no, I'm going to move on to something less bleak? <laughs> um, How does it make you feel like a new reading journey? While I'm reading this specifically? Yeah. I, what I liked best about it um, is that he actually... There's a lot of moments, I don't know about celebration, but mm -hmm. of um, like focusing in on these beautiful moments that I think are even common to most children. So I think his ability to see that and to write it down. When I, you know, when I read this this time, I just thought of a lot of parallels to my own childhood. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really important. It's like there's sort of a melancholy air to the whole book. Yeah. But um, like there's this this vignette and mm -hmm. it's called colors and he speaks about how he traveled in soap bubbles <laughs> like throughout his house in a way and that's just so beautiful you know like just like the magic of a soap bubble when you're yeah. a child and like the colors that you see in it so I think his ability to really like I said pause and focus on the moments is actually a source of beauty for me oh okay even yeah. if it was written in quite a bleak time in his life mm -hmm. um I think there's a lot of a lot of beauty in this um it's just so incisive mm -hmm. and aside from beauty it's also very still still philosophical so it gives you a lot to think about when you're reading it even though it's short it took me 
it always takes me a long time to get through it because it it's very dense yeah. in that way, but in a good way. Yeah, I can yeah. see that you dog ear, which is sacrilegious to me. <laughs> I dog eared um, specifically for this podcast as well because there's so many vignettes that I wanted. to... I love that because it's like it's my fault. Otherwise, it was <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying in a roundabout way. Um, but just to like bring something up, otherwise, I'd be flipping through the yeah, pages. No, totally. <laughs> I just I I love seeing people's methods of yeah keeping track. You know, I I would write in my school textbooks. Okay, but not in your... But not in my personal books. I use tabs. Tabs? So do you write on your tabs? No, because that's too much effort. <laughs> um, so I just I just pull them. And then if I keep the book, I keep the tabs in. And if I don't, then I might write the quotes down somewhere. But then on your tabs, do you... How do you know what you've tabbed? I, I tab the lines. So they're like stickies. Okay. They're like stickies that go on the side. So you're tabbing quotes pretty much or passages. Yeah, quotes I liked, yeah. Okay. Was there another vignette you wanted to talk about? Another one, there are several, but let's see. I'm going to flip through the pages and just... Whatever speaks to you. I think the carousel at the end, Mm -hmm. it's very short and it definitely speaks to me. It's basically he's speaking about as a child going on a carousel and he describes the animals and he speaks about you know having dreams of flying and so you see the carousel again as you saw it as a child this sort of magical thing with these beasts around it um and then there's an interesting turn where he describes himself as basically a monarch serving the world around him so (laughs) i think that's interesting because the child is assuming in a position of power Mm -hmm. almost like a colonizing gaze on the world around him so that's also, you could say, problematic, right? But it's it's this first moment where the child has, as he calls it, this sort of intoxication of sovereignty. Mm-hmm. And for it to all coalesce in this moment on the carousel. And then at the end, you know, he returns to his mother who's waiting there for him. There's a lot going on in that passage. Yeah. I mean, it's it's barely a page and these are small pages, but yeah. it gives you like so much to think about, not only sort of the magic that you found and what maybe now are ordinary things as an adult, but also the sort of viewpoints that you assume as a child. Yeah. Or it could be the, you know, the author now as an adult, assuming that viewpoint as a child, you know, like yeah. is his memory faithful or not? I mean, those are a whole different I know, but that's what I mean. Like when you read this, it gives you so much to think about. Um, And so. And and carousels are very magical. Like I, yeah, I remember like going on one now, like as an adult, if you're with kids, it is wondrous. You know, it's not as, it's not as mysterious as it was when you were a kid, but all those animals and, you know, um, yeah, seeing the blur of faces pass by, you do feel like you're half flying and half serving quote, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> something, you know, it, it is a very, just the colors of the carousel too. Yeah. Right. Um, so me and my husband, we went to Missoula in Montana for, he did a marathon there oh, and wow. they have a carousel there. And I believe they're all made from wood, the horses and all hand painted. It's like a, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Um, and you just look at each horse and each horse is painted in a different way. And it's just very beautiful yeah, too. Yeah. A work of see, art. Yeah. When you see like the work that people put in and it's something I feel, I don't know, it probably is not as common as maybe it was in the past. Yeah. So. Yeah. That, that's, I, yeah. there is a lot of, be- like even traveling and seeing carousels, you 
you do kind of stop. You stop and take a look and kind of take it all in mm-hmm. a little bit because it is something really beautiful and magical about them. And if there's one that's not very well kept up, you know, there is a bit of sadness mm-hmm. about, yeah, it's about like, that. Yeah. Like the malls, like the malls that closed down. Oh, yeah. I think I remember there weren't there some. There is a sadness about that. Yeah. Or even that they had those kind of things. They had little mini ones. Yeah. Didn't they have like mini carousels in the mall? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I've seen like some, maybe even outside of, I don't even know if they have them outside grocery stores anymore. Like the like the three wide ones? Yeah. Or it could even just be like a horse. And like in a memory, like. Is that like a childhood thing? Like, oh, we just remember like the way it used to be. Yeah. And and we're like mixing that up with something else. I don't know. But yeah, that was definitely a thing. But, you know, malls nowadays are just slightly different yeah. than they were when we were growing up. Um, does he, do you have, have you ever encountered another piece of work like this? Um, not really. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> He's um, unique. Yeah, he's definitely unique. Yeah. And what he's exactly- always spoken about as being quite unique as well. Yeah. Um, just for its brevity and for its focus on childhood, mm-hmm. yet still having this, you know, philosophical push behind You said you it. heard about him through film class. How does he relate through, to film? So he's got, okay, so in my film class, it was film historiography. And so his work, like again, the thesis on philosophy of history, mm-hmm. it was unpublished in his time. So different, mm-hmm. different collections might have a slightly different title. But basically what was really important for my professor in which he really instilled on me, and he comes from a German background, mm-hmm. is Benjamin's concept of writing history as forming a constellation between the present moment and the past moment. So there's a very sort of dynamic relationship to the past. And you always have to look at like, what are the discourses going on? Like how are the discourses of power shaping that moment in the past? Mm -hmm. What is it, what kind of energy is it bringing to the present moment? Um, Because Benjamin also speaks about, you know, the present, he has this image of like the eternal lamp, which is from the Bible. and that lamp, its flame is the image of history in the sense that, like, that flame was lit. It has already passed in the, it's already done, that mm-hmm. flame, but it's continuing on into perpetuity. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's this idea of always looking at the past in that way. But my professor specifically also spoke about, you know, that's what makes watching a film anytime, you know, even if you watch it again, it's never boring because the, the context around you has changed. Mm-hmm. So you're always able to see different insights. And that's also Benjaminian in the sense that there's multiple histories. And so there are always histories of um, like a certain thing or a certain moment. And in that, in the moment, in the present, different moments of the past will rise up to you mm-hmm. due to the importance. And so mm-hmm. that really framed like how we looked at film. You know, oh, wow. What kind of... That's really beautiful. Yeah. And so that really stuck with me and... Um, we also read his, he's got an essay that's often cited and it's like the work of art in the age of technological reproducibility. 
reproduction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it, like it could be mechanical reproduction in some. Yeah. Um, but the fact that so, things can be reproduced so easily. Yeah. So that's another really famous essay of his where I first encountered him. And that was a history of photography. And so he speaks about um, basically how before uh, things could be so easily reproduced, um, there was an aura around a work of art. Yeah. He says, okay, so what do, what is lost when the aura is lost? And so he speaks about like authenticity of the work. Mm -hmm. And um, again, just like the importance of the history of the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are two, like, yeah, two famous essays that how I was introduced to him. Yeah. But yeah, like the ability to get something in everyone's hands. What does that do to the art itself? To the way it's viewed? Yeah. To the quality? how How is it used? Yeah. Yeah. How is it used? consumed appreciated or not appreciated because now it's <laughs> so widely true. available yeah, um, yeah. wow that's amazing thank you so much for bringing this author into my life um because anything that connects back to like philosophical roots i'm like oh yeah tell me more mm-hmm. <laughs> um and that's amazing i love your story with this your journey with this book too how um i, I remember being in school and having that same feeling of just like going between classes and just kind of feeling like things kind of connecting mm-hmm. or like sparking, you know, I don't know yeah. when you're young and excited to learn <laughs> and everything. And it was always a great feeling. So I feel really, um, very honored that you chose to share this one with, with me and with the listeners. Um, so thank you very much, Viviana. It's been so fantastic having you here and we're all really excited to see um, where you go. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me and for letting me share this book because I don't think it's very famous Mm -hmm. but I think it has a lot for everyone I really do yeah yeah that's awesome (laughs) um just another reminder that we will not have an episode in December so we listen to the old episodes catch up on them and we will see you in 2023 thank you so much for listening as always I'm Brianna and this has been the page Twitter.